0: If you're not taking chances, then you're not moving forward. And if you're taking chances, you're going to make mistakes. Life's not worth living if you're not overcoming obstacles. If there's not a path forward, then breach the wall and create a path. Choose not to live in a world of filters. Realize your mistakes. Set the foundation for your success. Get some wins. Knucklehead Podcast.
1: Welcome to another edition of Knucklehead Podcast. You got with you today, the Knucklehead Steven. and I've got a fellow veteran entrepreneur who's been hooking and jabbing out there in the marketplace. I, I was just talking to him a few minutes ago, and he said, Utah, for some reason, I was thinking it was Colorado, but here I am in Texas. I'm just a knuckle dragger, and if there's <laughs> mountains, we think, okay, cool, it's not Texas. So yeah. where in the heck are you, buddy? So uh, Carl Churchill over at Alpha Coffee is the chief coffee officer. He likes to have some fun over there with the, the folks over at Alpha Coffee. Yeah. Thank you for taking some time. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, man. And I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting how this works, but just about every day, folks start their morning off with coffee. And I've always wanted to ask folks who actually are in the coffee business for do you find like there's an appropriate time to have coffee or are you just constantly like all day long, slow drip me right through the veins, you know, (laughs) doing pour overs at three o'clock in the afternoon, that type of thing.
0: Yeah. I I like to joke around that I spend half my life wondering if it's too late to drink coffee or too early to drink beer. So uh, (laughs) uh, that's a dilemma, but yeah. And I also tell people all the time, I think I drink my weight in coffee every day. So goodness, um, it's a yeah. good thing that uh, my wife and I own a coffee company. So well,
1: absolutely. And to dive right into, you um, know, the, the topic of knucklehead, right? This is knucklehead podcast. This is not Guy Raj, you built it perfectly or, you know, how you built this or Sam Parr's, you know, my first million podcast where, you know, you talk about a lot of the, the painful mistakes. This is knucklehead, which is, some of the mistakes that we make over the course of the growth of our business are self-induced. Things that are between your ears that end up, you know, muddy in the water for you whenever you're building business relationships or strategic partnerships. Or, you know, you screwed up this line of distribution or you wish that, you know, you did small batch production as opposed to large scale production. Or, you, you know, you wish you chose a different vendor or vertically integrate your, you know, there's, there's so many lessons that we can draw from here through the process. But this is still knucklehead. This is what you screwed up, which you didn't anticipate you know, I was building a sales team down in Austin. And I tell this story almost all the time because you add new listeners each time you have a podcast. So this was bore out of us working with consultants who are essentially, we're paid to have them come in and help us avoid making mistakes. And so there's those learning lessons whenever you screw up along the way, whenever you do make the mistakes that are actually, that's the magic potion. that's That's the elixir that you need in order to figure out, you know, how to gain momentum and build a scalable process by, you know, having your efforts reproduced and duplicated through folks. And I just thought that there was an invaluable opportunity that was being missed by not just sharing the things that you've screwed up along the way, as opposed to you know, as opposed to things that you're doing awesome or that copy that somebody's reading on your website of why they want to do business with you yeah. instead of the hours and hours of screw up along the way that got you to where you're at. So yeah, if you're not taking chances, then, then you're
0: not moving forward. And if you're taking chances, you're going to make mistakes. That's part of, you know, iterate, iterate, iterate. That's what business is all about.
1: But I noticed that over your right shoulder, you've got a, uh, a picture of a former president of the United States, Teddy Roosevelt. and Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the theme of, essentially, that's the theme of the show. However, I think it's it's awesome how uh, you just uncover folks that are out there who operate a little bit differently, maybe in a little bit different business, who who actually believe a lot of the same philosophies and principles. And that quote of being the man in the arena with dust on his face, as opposed to the person who's the critic, it's not the critic whose opinion who counts. Help me understand a little bit about what attracted you to that particular philosophy. Uh, And maybe you can dive into how Alpha Company got started, but I'm curious to see about Carl. How did Carl get attracted to that philosophy?
0: Yeah, well, for us, Alpha was started in our basement. My wife and I sat down during the Great Recession and, you know, I'd been out of the military for a few years by the way, I, I did 21 years. I was a lifer drinking life or juice. You know, I, was, I started as a, a private E1 in the U S army, uh, raised my right hand as a 17 year old and then retired as a colonel 21 years later. So it was a Goodness. long haul, lots of deployments, all Marine Corps, that. So- we
1: called an LDO like uh, somebody who becomes a, enlisted in, unless they go through some type of a listening commission program, You can actually become a warrant officer and then a warrant officer receives a commission. You can go all the way up to, I believe it's lieutenant colonel. I can be off base there. Is that similar? What what was your process like?
0: Yeah, no, uh, mine was, uh, I I joined in 1979 a few years after the Vietnam War ended, but I, I grew up in the military on army bases. And so all of my mentors growing up were Vietnam vets, you know, whether that's coaches or boy scout leaders or just neighbors around the block. So, you know, I, I, I grew up around all these warriors and this warrior ethos. And so when I was 17, that's what I wanted to do. I, you know, I felt like that was what I was meant to do. I wanted that that sense of mission. I wanted to test myself. And so, you know, I joined and uh, they had something in the Army called the Green to Gold Program. And that's where um, they identify, you know, junior enlisted guys who are, have the potential to be officers and then you basically go through the rotc program you get an rotc scholarship and go through and then commission so yeah i did that and uh you know it was a good way to go it made me a better officer i think the marine corps is like every marine a rifleman i i like that concept that's kind of what we do at alpha i always tell new employees like hey We mop the floors, we take out the garbage, we're the owners, but we're there shoulder to shoulder with you guys on the front lines because that's what you have to do. You have to lead by example. So
1: Yeah, there's a Marine Corps, actually any military service, you talk about a non-commissioned officer, right? So the NCO who starts the Marine Corps in boot camp about how you have this reliance, so to speak, on your drill instructors who are sergeants, typically sergeants, staff sergeants, and some gunnery sergeants who you look to those folks for uh, how to orient yourself when when things are in disarray or things are uh, are going crazy. You, you have to know who to look to. Sometimes you look to leadership. Sometimes it's experience. Most of the time, you have to look for rank, military. So you have you have a, a trust, so to speak, in your leadership. To your point, sometimes it takes doing the job right alongside somebody in order to earn that trust. and And I think that that's very unique. Uh, my background You know athletics, and I think in today's culture that resistance sometimes it gets missed. You know, you may have more folks that are interested in games or video games or or maybe two dimensional relationships via social media, as opposed to you know kind of the friction of human relationship where you have to use your seven senses, you have to look at context switching relatively quickly, and develop that skill set in order to separate yourself from your peers. So, in the version of business that you're in, the distribution of a good. And you know, providing a service to those folks who are close to you. What what would you say caused you to want to give back with coffee as opposed to something like real estate or you know something along those lines? What was it about coffee that that got you interested, where you can actually start to scratch that itch and, and kind of go fight that fight that Teddy was talking about behind you?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great question. We you know, um, for us, it was one of those things where. I had been an entrepreneur before I was in a software company We had a $10 million offer on the table. My partner turned it down. Um, and then, you know, to make a long story short, we were, uh, the company went into bankruptcy and, uh, you know, we were starting all over. Uh, this was 2009, 2010 timeframe. And, um, Lori and I were sitting down and we had, uh, you know, through our time in the military, Lori's from the Pacific Northwest. I met her when I was stationed up at Fort Lewis, Washington, um, with 9th Infantry Division back in the day, and that's sort of the the mecca of craft coffee. That's where it started out. Of course, Starbucks is up there, but I don't consider Starbucks craft coffee. But Literally, um, our brother-in-law was a well-known awarded roaster up there of coffee. And so we were drinking some of Josh's coffee. And I was saying, good things happen over coffee. It reminded me of being in the military, like going on a mission, sitting down and like doing an aar i don't know if they have them in the marine corps or in the army it's the after action review man it's like after every uh, you know action you sit down what went well what didn't go well what what do we need to change what can we improve on and that and so we were you know we were drinking coffee and we said let's uh, i said i've got this crazy idea how about we do this I was feeling a little bit out of the fight. You know, I've been out
1: for 4 years and just real quick, I got to stop you. So when you say yeah. uh, out of the fight, let's be for our listeners here, the reason why you hear this a lot and I, and I and I get this feedback all the time from folks who work in HR, folks who don't have that don't come from a military background who are in businesses who are responsible for going out and taking more market share crafting the words that attract attention, that give sales folks the opportunity to go down and knock new business down. Let's be specific here. When you say out of the fight, what does that mean? And what does that mean to you? And can you define that, uh, in, in civilian terms, so to speak?
0: Yeah, sure. So, you know, the um, the thing that I tell people is the military for me was, you know, was serving others, you know, here at Alpha, we call it the warrior mentality. I mean, we have a four bullet point mission statement, awesome coffee, be a warrior, have fun and give back. Those are the four. That's the mission statement. If, if you don't remember anything else and you remember that you're going to be successful at alpha. Um, so being a warrior uh, means that you serve others, that you uh, hone your craft, that you take pride in what you do, that you rely on a team, um, that you, you know, that team based approach is a really big thing. So for me feeling out of the fight was, you know, uh, you spend your whole career leading teams that are protecting others that are serving your country. You know, I, I'd been in the civilian sector and you know, making money is, is great. And, you know, it's a capitalist society and we are a for-profit business, but it just like, I think it resonates with a lot of people that if that's all it's about is just making money, then, you know, what's the point? you want to be part of the solution. You want to be giving back. You want to be giving back to the community. You want to be doing that sort of thing.
1: You hear folks in the military talk about how there's mission and then troop welfare. Those are kind of the top two tiers of what it is that you do whenever you're in the military. So yeah. when you're out, if you don't have a mission anymore, you you feel lost. You feel aimless. And so what I hear when I hear people talk about in the fight, and this is really more for for listeners and maybe just some conversation between us, Carl. It's, yeah. it's just, you hear folks talking about what is it that you believe whenever your feet hit the deck every day? What, what is it that you, what battle are you fighting? What cause are you, uh, you know, giving your time, energy and resources to? What does that have to do with you? What does it have to do with your mission in your, in your life? And if you don't find that, somebody else will. Yeah, what's your purpose? You know, I mean, that's, uh, everybody wants
0: purpose um, and they want to be, I think, you know, if you read Sebastian Younger's uh, book, Tribes, you know, you talk about wanting to be in that tribe and having purpose and having each other's backs. And, you know, if you can create a company, uh, and my wife, Lori, and I wanted to create that kind of company, um, you know, obviously, we're trying to create financial security for ourselves, but really, we're trying to build a company we can be proud of. And that, you know, 20 years from now, somebody says, best job I ever had was working at Alpha Coffee. You know, that, that's the, that's
1: what we're trying to do. I mean, that's the American dream right there. And, my, you know, to build either somebody else's business with the cause you believe in or build your own. Yeah. Building, having a cause and having folks be able to build their life off of it, right?
0: Yeah, totally. Totally. And that's, that's what gets me up every day. That's what motivates me. That's why I run hard and work hard and, uh, and you know, try and do this. And you know, I I think we've had a lot of success. We've also made
1: a lot of mistakes, you know. And now you're bringing it full circle to why we're talking on Knucklehead Podcast there. Carl. Yeah, there you but go. Let's let's talk real quick about so you know, for those of you who, who are out there either building businesses or if you're you've built businesses before, this is kind of the same song and dance for you. However, it's always interesting to hear from folks' stories and experiences, because cause that changes, you know, the the feelings that, that Coral felt whenever he maybe Uh, overpaid a supplier or something, you know, I'm not, I'm not projecting that on you. I'm just saying that those things happen over the course of building your business. But when you go back and you look in your mind's eye over the course of the last, however long you've been in business, where, where do you feel like either you made a mistake that didn't go the way that you wanted it to, or you made a mistake in the moment that actually ended up becoming uh, a much more successful endeavor. Like that mistake actually corrected your path when you didn't anticipate it.
0: We talked about AARs. We do AARs here every day, multiple times a day. And, 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 you know, as we look back on the history of Alpha, there are a bunch of examples of things that we made mistakes at and the corrections that we made made us a better company. I would say probably one of the biggest things for me was coming in and, uh, as one of my old commanders would say, reading your own press clippings. You know, I... It's, it's like you start to believe that you're pretty good at something, you know, and he would say, don't read your own press clippings. This is an infant a light infantry battalion I was part of. And he's like, you know, we might think we're the best uh, infantry battalion out there. We're some badass mofos, but, you know, don't read your own press clippings. You got to stay hungry and constantly improve. And I think, you know, one of the things that happened with me was I'm like, hey, I had this you know, 21 year career of being a leader and leading folks in combat and that sort of thing. And I thought, hey, you know, I I kind of have this leadership thing down. And then you start hiring a bunch of civilians that are working as baristas in your business. And you try and use that same hammer mentality for lack of a better term. and It just doesn't work. You can create a lot of stress within the organization. You can create a lot of, you know, dissidence between what you think you're putting out and what people are hearing. And, you know, the military, when you're in the military, you have this very uh, blunt culture where people are willing to take feedback and they don't take it personally. And even the black humor in the military, like, you know, you could say some very inappropriate things and people don't mind. as part of the culture. It's part of joking around, you know, and, uh, and so, you know, one of the big mistakes I made was when we moved from just a family based business out of our basement, you know, just fulfilling online orders, because we started out as an online company. And then, you know, after about six years, we had so many fans that were wanting to come in Utah that wanted to come pick up their coffee and We'd meet him in a parking lot and, you know, hand it out the window. And I think it was one of the local cops. He's like, dude, this is such a drug deal right now. You're, you're like handing me a bag of <laughs> coffee out the window, you know? So we, we decided like, we got to get out of the basement. We got we to gotta turn this into a real business. And so we, you know, other people had been saying, your coffee's so good. You ought to open a coffee shop. Like you would kill it. Um, So we, you know, as we opened this up and then we had to start hiring in baristas and we had to expand the team out, I think, you know, a big mistake I made and things I'm still trying to adjust and correct is adjusting your leadership to a way that is effective with people that are from this, you know, younger generation, 17, 18, 19 year olds who maybe haven't had a lot of uh, face-to-face interaction, their communication skills are not good. And I'm older than their parents, uh, you know? And so they see me in a whole different light than I see myself. And being able to interact with them in a comfortable way and in a way that motivates them and recognizes their value and, um, and also challenges them. And, you know, I think, you know, people want to be challenged, but they want to be challenged in a way that elevates them and makes them feel good. You know, when you're a small business owner and you've got all that stress and you're like, hey, garbage cans are overflowing. There's tables that need to be cleaned. You know, like this food station looks like a disaster. And, you know, I'm in, I'm like, I'm pushing through. I'm, I'm the hammer. I'm like, these are all the things that need to be taken care of because we have all these alpha isms, we call them our rules of engagement. One is that good is the enemy of great. And so, you know, I'm like, Hey guys, good is the enemy of great. We have all these things that need to be fixed. And, you know, I don't realize they just went through an hour long rush where there were 20 people in line constantly. They've just done $1,500 worth of business. And so that's a mistake, you know, to come in and think like, hey, I've got all this experience and all I need to do is set high standards and enforce them. You have to understand there's a different way to, to motivate people and that you really have to go back to understanding and caring for your troops, you know, and understanding how to motivate them and how to push them and how to elevate them. And so I think that's been the biggest lesson learned for me.
1: Well, I mean, you just you just described a couple things there that stood out to me. One in particular was, you know, you have your business objective. Your business objective is to turn a profit, to do good. I think you talked about that a little bit earlier and you, and you gave some bulletized statements as to what your mission statement is. Yeah. But then, you know, what I didn't hear in that explanation was, and also the 17 or 18-year-old accomplishes their goal until yeah. I just heard what you just got done saying where you're talking about, you know, and practically day in and day out you have to go through you have to go through this exercise of calibrating what your expectation is of performance and it's a high standard and what the reality is and yeah. i think in the military a lot of times we end up getting uh and maybe this is a mischaracterization on my part but i believe that there's a, a disconnect sometimes between what the expectation is and what the reality happens to be and the in and the, the gap between the two ends up you know being offset with intensity you know it ends up being offset with like a um, you know, a quickness, maybe that, you know, there's this, you go through a task as, as, as hard as possible and the quicker you can get through it or the quicker you can get through your task list, so to speak, the more accomplished, you know, the more accomplished it is. And it's not necessarily how life works because not everybody operates that same way. It, that's what I'm hearing from you. Is that, is that incorrect?
0: Yeah, no, you're, you're on the money. I mean, I think it's, I I think it's also, you know, basic leadership. Leadership comes down to a few things if people respect you and they know you truly care about them and that you're fair, then you can be demanding, but you you have to do it in a way that makes them feel good. Yeah. And there is a reality between like, hey, here are my standards and here's what we're going to achieve. And you have to be okay with, it's not going to be perfect. And you have to try and get as close as possible to perfect and do it in a way that motivates people. And you know, one of, the, one of our other rules of engagement is think like an owner. So, you know, that's what we try to do with our employees. And, and, you know, it's not just like, hey, you need to think like an owner, like, don't waste things. Don't, you know, make sure that you keep things clean. It's also one of the things we do is we go back and we help them to think by an owner by sharing all of our financials. So every couple of months, we sit down, we do a Zoom meeting with all the employees and we say, Hey, here's where our revenues are. Our revenues per day, by store, online, wholesale. Here's how we're doing.
1: We've got this much profitability. What has that done for morale or for for buy-in, so to speak? Have you measured the effect of doing that, but like a level of transparency resonating with a, a younger demographic?
0: Yeah, I think, I think a lot of, I mean, one of the things that we're instituting now, too, is a financial success 101 training that we're going to implement in 2021 with our employees. Because, you know, as a coffee shop, after employees have been with us for a year, they get a 401k and we match their contributions on the first 4% of their salary dollar for dollar with no vesting period. You know, there there are, I would say half the employees, they're like 18, they're thinking like 401k retirement, that's for old people. But I do think that there are a lot that are getting it. And, you know, one of the other things we do is once uh, somebody's passed their probationary period, twice a year, we do a, um, a $50 match on an emergency savings fund through an app called Acorns, where you can you know, you can do micro, micro investments. And so we just sent out an email and a a bunch of people sent me back an email and they're like, I can't believe it. I have $2,000 in savings, you know, and, and it's such a good feeling to know that. So, I mean, we have never formally measured what that kind of financial transparency does, but I think there are certainly, there is a core group, um, mostly the management, the people that move into managerial roles, whether it's shift leads or store managers or our other management team that they appreciate that transparency and they feel like they're growing and learning. They may be 21, 22 years old, but they're like, hey, this I'm actually thinking about buying a house now and I'm this is the first time in my life where I'm actually putting money away and saving. And I'm, I'm starting to feel like I understand more about business.
1: We had a conversation with uh, an army ranger uh, about a year and a half ago. And, uh, it's interesting. And I want you to classify whenever we get done with this, but this embracing of the mindset of an alpha, what I'm hearing in a lot of what you're describing is what you've learned about not being an alpha or not taking ownership for certain elements of your life, whether it be financial or uh, some level of responsibility in terms of what your care, care for yourself or your physical fitness or, or even just the product that you're selling your business. Uh, What comes out is a lack of performance. What comes out is a, a less than standard performance. And what I'm hearing over and over again for you is, the alpha coffee is not just the brand. It's not just the coffee. It actually is embedded in all of the things that you're doing. And the net benefit is the, the employees and folks that are associated with your brand. There's an uplift component to, to everybody who's interacting with you. Is that a mischaracterization or would you say that that's kind of by design? That's the goal. And
0: it is definitely by design. And, and I, I think, you know, embracing the warrior ethos and the alpha lifestyle is really a core part of who we are as a, as a brand and as a business. And you know, you can create a brand, but if you're not living it, if you're not authentic in it, then it's just, you know, smoke and mirrors. And and we, you know, we want people to do that. We do another benefit we have is shift lead and above. They pay $25 and we pay all the rest to get them into one of the local gyms here that does a CrossFit type workout. Um, but it, it's really uh, um, it's really functional fitness. And it's a veteran-owned business. You know, Josiah Schultz was a Marine Corps NCO. He runs the um, gym, him and his wife. And um, we support them. They support us. Our employees go there. They work out. They're healthier. They're happier. It, it really is. We're trying to build a company where we represent the brand everybody on the team does
1: we agree we're here in the in the podcast production space so define for folks real quick and we'll and we'll kind of end with that and then tell people how to how to best get in touch with you and how to best support you but when you define alpha how do you define it simply put one of our taglines is don't be beta so yeah right that's, i mean it's really just that simple and we did that you know there was a, a hollywood reporter magazine that came out that talked about the accomplishments or the triumph of the beta male that's that's what kind of triggered this whole thing for us saying, ah, don't be beta. No, no, as a matter of fact, don't be doing that. And they did it just because they were trying to be funny. But the reality is, is the culture war that they're fighting about getting folks' attention people either laugh at that and then they start to go, you know what? Yeah, actually, as a matter of fact, I think I'd like to take the road that's well paved as opposed to the road less traveled, or I want to take the sanitized, you know, easy to think to do, you know, because I got this, the 16 steps of, you know, instructions to do this easily as opposed to the adventurous path where you have to go get your, your knees scraped or something like that. You know, you, you go figure it out along the way.
0: Yeah. You know, for me, it's like, life's not worth living if you're not, overcoming obstacles. I'm a fan of the Stoics. If there's not a path forward, then breach the wall and create a path. I think the alpha lifestyle, it's not about being this like overly masculine guy or anything like that. It's about It really is about just choosing to continue to better yourself and to challenge yourself and to be better for those around you, be a good teammate, be a good squad member, you know. And when you do that, you get so much back. And that's how you build a good company. You build a good community. You build a good city, state, nation that way. I don't worry about the things I can't control. I worry about the things I can control. And my circle of influence, I try to influence them to challenge themselves, to better themselves, to grow. And, you know, to me, that's what being an alpha is. It's, it's really trying to make yourself better.
1: Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a buttload of folks who uh, have listened to our show and uh, have obviously left reviews about making fun of us for, uh, for saying don't be beta. But (laughs) uh, the reality is, is those Don't folks who do pay that. attention, they do pay yeah. attention and they like it and they agree. Yeah. So I like it. To, when it comes to how to best support you, how to get in touch with you, Coral, if folks aren't, I guess, local to Salt Lake City, how can people get in touch with you there? And then obviously outside of Salt Lake City, what can they do to, to, to help you? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity
0: to share that. We're online at alpha.coffee and you know, you can purchase on there. You can purchase our coffee, our cocoa, any of our swag I didn't bring this up before, but part of our give back program is sending coffee to deployed troops. We're closing in on 19,000 bags of coffee that we've sent out um, since we've been open. So, if you're purchasing from us, you're helping to support that mission. And we're also on Amazon Prime, so we're there as well. If you're in Salt Lake, come by, say hi, share a cup of coffee with us. If you want to get a hold of me, the best way to do that is just a We've got a place online to contact us and my team will get it, you know, get that information to me. And uh, they know that I'm pretty good about getting back to uh, folks that are trying to reach out to me. If they're they're not trying to sell me something we don't need, I'm happy to connect with them and help them in any way I can,
1: especially other vets. Fantastic. Carl just told you exactly how to get in touch with, not just him, but also at Alpha Coffee. So if you believe in that mission, if you believe in the... Uh, the cause of what it is that they're doing about taking ownership of your life in different areas, and you want to support a business that's also giving back to their particular community, go check them out, Alpha. Coffee, And uh, there's also that website where you can get some feedback to them. So Carl, we appreciate you taking some time. Uh, anything else that you want to leave these folks with? No, I mean, go out and crush the day. Uh, rise and grind every
0: day. Life's too short for bad coffee. So drink good coffee.
1: That sounds like a marketing slogan. I'm just, but, I'm, <laughs> yeah, right. but, I, but I happen to agree. So do will be beta about the process. Go out there and get you some wins. Uh, for those of you who like listening to Knucklehead, Carl just told you how to get in touch with him. Is there a club or something like that that they can join or can they get like an auto ship or something like that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. We have a subscription program that uh, we have a ton of people on. You get a 10% discount for that. We do a 10% discount for veterans, for first responders. So
1: yeah. Fantastic. All right. Well, there you go. There's a couple of clubs, a couple of different ways to engage with them online. And if you're in Salt Lake City and you happen to be going through the slopes, you know, post COVID, obviously, since everybody seems to be want to be, you know, locked up inside, but that's a different yeah. topic for a different podcast some other okay. day. But if you happen to be through the Salt Lake City area, go visit Carl and his crew. How many locations do you have there in Salt Lake? So we have two currently
0: open, and one that's under construction, and two more plans. So we're we're uh, we're coming out of COVID hot.
1: Good. All right. Well, as you should be, as should everybody else. Again, that's a topic for a different podcast, but we will catch up with you soon. And uh, guys, we appreciate you. Appreciate you taking some time, Carl. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Have a good rest of the day. For those of you who like listening Knucklehead, we got new episodes coming at you every Tuesday. Again, brought to you by Manscaped. Go over to manscaped.com. Use the promo code Knucklehead. Get yourself 20% off. Your wife will thank you later. Your significant other will thank you later, but we won't get into all those different variations here on this show. Go to that site and go support them. We appreciate you guys. Have a good rest of the day. We'll see you.